So I think the biggest difference between somebody who's a founder and somebody who isn't is that there's no longer an off switch when you're a founder. That was Roderick Morris, co-founder of Love Every. I'm Maureen Taylor, and this is Think Like a Founder. Roderick founded Love Every with Jessica Rolfe to create educational, play-to-learn toys that help with baby and toddler brain development. As you get to know Rod, you learn that he is without a doubt inspired by the community and the good of the people around him. His commitment to his values are unwavering. His dedication to building something that makes the world a better place for parents is so obvious to everyone who meets him. That wasn't always the case. Before Rod started Love Every, he was a senior VP at a software company called Opower, where he had a shift in perspective about his work. When we sat down together, I asked him about the impact of that shift. You know, it's funny. I had been working in software companies before Opower and had always tried to work really hard, do a good job. But the thing that changed first when I joined Opower was that it was the first time I was working for a company that made a difference that had real meaning for me. That was a company that was helping people save energy. So I just started to think differently about work because I noticed that I was working harder. I was coming up with better ideas. I was able to attract better people to work with me because we were aligned around something that was really just deeply good. And so I knew that whenever I I did my next thing, I wanted it to have deep meaning for me. And when I became a dad, I, I think probably more than any other time in my life, that's a time when things really crystallized for me around what was important to me, what had meaning to me. And to this day, there are a few things, maybe nothing that I care about more than being a good dad. It's really motivating for me. And when I started thinking about what I wanted to do next, I knew that because I wanted whatever I spent my time on to have meaning, I knew that I ideally wanted to start something and I knew that it had to have meaning. And then it was almost faded. A good friend of mine, actually my wife's best friend from high school growing up, she had started a company and sold it and was still there finishing that process up and told me about an idea that she had around a different kind of company to help parents in early childhood. And when I started hearing her talk about the ideas she had, it was clear to me that this was something that would be meaningful to me as a parent as well. And so this is an idea that we started working on that would ultimately become Love Every, the company that I co-founded and I'm helping run today. So for Roderick, it was timing and a little coincidence. His friend happened to share this idea with him at a time in his life when he was beginning to understand more about himself and what he truly wanted to do. He said it was fated, which got me wondering, had he always felt he was meant to be a founder since childhood? That's a really deep question. It's funny. I think about the times in my life when I was happiest and what I was doing And typically I would do something really well. It would be something that I was tied into that had deep meaning for me, but it wasn't necessarily mission-driven. I'll give you an example. In college, I ran the college radio station. More music in the mix. You are listening to only the best. 
and I DJed a really popular show and I just put a lot into that radio station that had meaning for me because I love music. Was there a mission there? I'm not sure. At some point, I think, I don't know if it was after college or in business school or what, but there was some point where I, I started thinking this other way that I think was less productive where I was thinking about, well, what do I want to be or who do I want to become? I started making different choices around building a resume or trying to hit some metrics or something. And I did pretty good at that, but I was really reminded at Opower and then subsequently kind of going through all of these experiences with Love Every that there's this force multiplier with meaning, with mission, that if you're not experiencing it in your work and what you're doing, you're missing a part of yourself and you're, you're missing a part of what you can give back to the world. Roger's passion for his mission reminded me of Angela Duckworth, as many of you know, is an American academic and psychologist, and she has studied what she calls grit. And grit is the power of passion and perseverance. One of the things she was trying to figure out is if we're born leaders or if we become them. And I was curious to know what Roderick himself thought about that. As a white guy, I always hesitate around saying that anybody's born into becoming anything because everybody's got different circumstances and those circumstances say a lot about what their opportunities are. So it's an interesting question for me coming from Love Every because we found that a lot of who we become is based actually in in nurture, a lot is nature too, but that you can take a growth mindset with a child and do a lot to affect everything from resilience to creativity to intelligence, if you take the right approach. For myself, I can say that I was planning family vacations for my parents or figuring out what dessert we should all eat, baking when I was like six years old, had my mom show me how to use the oven, things like that. So I was definitely leading But I also know that my mom read a lot of books about childhood development early on and had a massive bulletin board on a wall with pictures that she'd cut out and which she would point to and talk about with me. She put a lot of effort into my early childhood. So I don't know. I think it's a mix, but I I have been leading from an early age, I would say. So are you the oldest child? Yeah, I am. I have one younger brother. He's four years younger than I am. If you're wondering what Angela found, it was inconclusive. In fact, 50-50 about whether leaders are born or if they're made. But I always ask about being the oldest because so often leaders are the oldest child in their family, which to me seems that it's inconclusive because it could very well be your nature to lead or because you were born first, you simply assume that role, raising your parents and the little brats that came after you. Either way, you have a leader's passion, and that's that. So tell me, how do you bring that passion for your mission, for your community, into the company? One is pushing toward a consistent set of values and standards across a group of people, while at the same time embracing and seeking out lots of different styles, different ways of thinking, different contributions, and making sure that whether somebody is introverted or processes differently, they're still being able to voice their own really important perspectives. And then that translates to your customer community as well, because everybody is going to be met in a different way. Their needs may be the same, but the way in which they communicate them or, or have you communicate to them most optimally is going to differ. 
the more thoughtful company is going to be one that can think about all of those different customers and think about all of those different ways to approach those customers and also solve problems together. But doing that's hard. It's super hard. Being married to the co-founder, having two children together, and being in business for just about 30 years, one of the things I've found that keeps us together through thick and thin, up and down, and all sorts of hardships is our values. As it turns out, we have the same values. The way we both look at the world is similar. And then building our company and finding employees and colleagues and teammates, we try to find people who at the core have the same values. And this does help with trust. I would say trust is an incredibly important core to any organization, especially one that wants to move quickly. So you have to have a shared set of values. You have to be able to communicate with one another and have trust uh, if you want to scale. One of the things that strikes me about Rod is his commitment to his values. And as he's building his company and the community around that, I ask, what are the most important values to him and who does he surround himself with? So I value humility, not assuming that you have the right answer. I value curiosity, wanting to figure out what that answer is. And I also value working with lots of people and just being inclusive and <laughs> seeking variety, seeking interest. It's just something that's important to me. I think you look for like-minded work ethic, you look for like-minded humility, uh, but perspectives, you want different perspectives, different skills, different expertise. I mean, mm -hmm. an orchestra would be boring if everybody were playing the violin and nobody mm -hmm. was playing any other mm -hmm. instruments, right? Mm -hmm. Roderick has a great love for music. He told me he spends a lot of time having deep discussions about heavy metal with his son, who is a huge Black Sabbath fan. I asked him what he wanted to be when he was his son's age. It was to be a, a symphony conductor, an orchestra conductor. I listened to a lot of classical music and opera when I was a kid. I'm not sure why, I just gravitated to it. And there was something about all of these instruments playing together and, and the central role of a conductor being part of it that just really appealed to me. It seemed like a great life. So instead of conducting music, you're conducting people. It seems like I've got a little bit more of a talent for business than music myself. Most people don't know that actually my first job out of college was as a Peace Corps volunteer. I was in the former Soviet Union and I was working on business projects right after the fall of the Soviet Union. It was pretty crazy. It was exciting and scary at the same time. I mean, I was teaching classes at a local college for a lot of the time. So a day could start with me making myself a meal with vegetables that I bought at the local bazaar from a babushka. <laughs> to heading over and teaching a set of classes with an interpreter based around a Harvard Business School case study, and then kind of working with a local factory, factory owner wanting to share some homemade moonshine and you know, various Ukrainian delicacies, and then kind of walking home in the cold. <laughs> it, was, it was different. It was, um, it was a time when folks were still suspicious of Americans who were over there. There was a running theory in the town that I was in that I was, uh, I was an Israeli spy, um, which was a hilarious rumor to me, but that's uh, apparently what a lot of folks thought. Are you happy? 
I'm totally happy. I love going to work every day. I love what I'm doing and I'm proud to talk about it with my kids too. And what keeps you up at night? Is there something I forgot to do <laughs> that's, that's going to make a big difference for the business? Honestly, I think about it all the time. Teaching people to deal with ambiguity is something we're working on at our company in our leadership curriculum. It's extremely difficult to teach that as a skill. But in leadership, ambiguity is the constant state. And it's usually not between right and wrong. It's between right and right. How does Rod keep that balance? I mean, I think that things that are helpful when you're navigating ambiguity are, first off, not getting overwhelmed by what you don't know. And then second, really being excited by the potential of a situation. So not being overwhelmed, there are lots of standard tactics out there, but just sort of enumerating all the things that you do know that you are in command of can be a helpful way of just sort of grounding yourself. And then thinking about the potential in an ambiguous situation, thinking about the best case, thinking about what you could do that hasn't been done before, that can be really energizing and focusing of a group. For anyone still trying to figure out what they want to do or who they are, Rod had some advice to offer. He says it's about your frame of mind when it comes to your approach, to your idea, to your work, or where you go next. The heart of the answer is going to differ for every single person, and it's really about being in touch with yourself, in tune with yourself, and understanding what has meaning to you. And that doesn't mean some sort of platitude like, oh, do what you love, which is so easy to say, but rather really thinking about what are you doing? What kinds of work are you doing? What kinds of people are you working with where you really feel meaning? And I would say that that's where to focus and where to find people who are doing those same kinds of things and are like-minded and gravitate to that place. I didn't know what was going to have the most meaning for me until I became a dad. And that was quite a bit later in life. If you were not doing this right now, what else would you be doing? So I am really enjoying the creative side of what I do as a founder. And I think other creative outlets would be something that I would want to explore. I do a lot of the writing and copy for the business, even though I'm busy running a lot of it. So I'd enjoy exploring writing fiction, for example. I always talk about a founder being like an artist. If you find the thing that you love that drives you, you just can't help it. It's as much a fact about you as anything else, like your name. Roderick explains what he believes is the differentiating factor between being a founder and not. So I think the biggest difference between somebody who's a founder and somebody who isn't is that there's no longer an off switch when you're a founder. So what that means is whether you're not in the office or whether you're in a meeting where, you know, maybe it's not the thing that you're most interested in. If you're a founder, it's your business and there's no off switch. You can't turn off. You have to do everything that you can to make it better. If you see an ad on vacation or a competitor's product, or you see somebody you want to hire, no matter what else you're doing, you have to go after it. You have to get it because it's your business. And I think that's something, whether you're thinking about being a founder or if you're working with a founder, you have to understand and work with that and treat it as the asset that it is, that somebody mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. dedicated to what they're doing. That's a really good way of putting it. You don't have an off switch. It's not like it's a burden. It's just the way you are. Sometimes that can bug other people, just like being an artist or being a parent. There is no off switch. 
There just isn't an off switch in any of those categories, which means that you're doing the thing that matters the most to you. And that's a beautiful thing. That was Roderick Morris, co-founder and president of Love Every. He and Jessica Rolfe co-founded the company to build educational play kits for babies and toddlers. Their products are created to be exactly what children need at each stage of their development. Based in Boise, Idaho, they've raised $32 million in funding and are backed by investors such as GB and the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. Join us next time on Think Like a Founder when we talk to Heidi Zack, co-founder and CEO of Third Love. This is a woman's underwear company created by women for women. Heidi talks about her grade school book report on Katie Couric and how her young daughter has been her business inspiration. I'm Maureen Taylor, and this is Think Like a Founder. Thanks for listening. Think Like a Founder is produced by SNP Communications in San Francisco, California. Learn more by visiting us at snpnet.com or connect with me, Maureen Taylor, on LinkedIn to continue the conversation there. Series producer is Roisin Hunt. Sound design by Mark Ream. Creative producer, Eli Shell. Content and scripting by Mike Sullivan. Production coordination, Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Selena, Persiani Shell, John Hughes, and Ren Barra. This is Think Like a Founder.